Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. The following program is offered freely to ensure no one is ever denied access to these practices and conversations. We would like to thank Union Pacific and the Kelly Foundation, who, in part, sponsor this podcast. If you feel inspired to make a donation to support Wellness Within offerings, you can go to our website at wellnesswithin.org. And while you're there, you can also access our Zoom class schedule and YouTube videos as well as sign up for our newsletter to support you throughout the year. Well, I have a quote that I really like. A friend is a person who knows your song in your heart and sings it back to you when you've forgotten the words. And so when you come to the music therapy session, that's what I'm going to do. Welcome to the Wellness Within Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Klein, Director of Community Outreach. Today's podcast is about music therapy. What is music therapy? And how is music therapy relevant when facing cancer? To help address this question and more, I'd like to welcome my guest, musician, artist, music therapist, and owner of the Music Works Music Therapy Services, Celeste Keith. Celeste, welcome. Hi, hi, hi. hi. Hello. We're it's great so, to be here. I'm so excited. I am so happy to have you here today. People maybe uh, who are listening to this podcast today may be thinking, you know, and they're listening to this going, okay, wait a minute. We need, I need to get a little bit more information on this. So music, music, why, why music and how can music influence how I'm coping with cancer? So maybe a good place to start is to give us a little bit of an explanation. What is music therapy? Well, just... In general, it's important to remember it's just a highly di- highly specialized discipline field. There's only about 9,000 plus um, music therapists internationally. The degree work itself is focused on being a literate musician and then being, a, you know, the biomedical, clinical, psychological skill part of it. And so then once I'm in the actual degree work and you're out in the field working, music therapy is a research, evidence-based and specialized discipline 
provided by a degreed or credentialed licensed professional who develops individualized treatment and music therapy interventions with people of all ages and all ability levels to achieve non-musical outcomes. So what might those outcomes be? Typically in the areas of communication, emotional support, coping with change, managing and regulating sensory experiences, improving orthopedic and other motor capacities, including speech and language, and the physiological responses and pain management. So that's that's the textbook, right? Okay, but translate that. I basically carefully apply music experiences and the relationships that develop through them as a dynamic force for creating helpful supports and or changes for the clients and the people that I serve. So that's, that's, <laughs> there'll be a test later. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's a lot. That's a, it, it's, it's exciting. Wow. Yeah. Well, most people, you know, have an intuition or an intuit that music brings them pleasure, right? I mean, you don't really say, oh, I'm going to go to a music spin, that's going to be torture, <laughs> right? So there's right. that. Right. It, it's a source of gratification. And that capture, and that it also just captures who we are, our core essence. You know, I like to um, use the example of you hear a song, and instantly you can remember where you were, what you were wearing, um, what your feelings were in that moment, um, good, bad, or in between. Um, so it triggers um, memory and um, it holds experience for us. Well, it's, we know with film, it's used so right, effectively exactly. to enhance an experience. I, I mean, mean, what would Jaws be without Right. Yeah, right. I call those music encounters. Our days yeah. are feel, filled continuously with sound, and particularly music. You know, we, we start out by our own experience, and then with our children, with soothing them with lullabies, we, even in utero. And also at the, the other end of life, the audio part of our experience is the last piece that leaves us. We still, you know, you can be in a comatose, you, and many of you may have had this experience with family members, you know, they're, they're in a comatose setting, but you still know that the person is able to hear. And then, you know, just road experiences with music. We all learned our ABCs, right, to sing them. And other types of, of rhythmic, melodic things to remember and learn material. It, you know, we exercise. I mean, the difference between... Um, Working out when, especially aerobic activity, you know, or any kind of strength training, and you look at athletes using music to be able to get them ready to compete, and and then also to, just to propel the motion. It's used to deliver message. It's used to structure the environment. Um, sometimes used to encourage a way of thinking about a certain matter. I'm very strong. And then you already mentioned movie soundtracks and TV soundtracks, but commercials, my goodness. Yes. Commercial jingles. I mean, there isn't any commercial that doesn't use music because they know the power of it to sell. You know? Wow. So yeah. you have hit, obviously, music resonates on so many different emotional levels. So obviously it can have a very therapeutic um, for which you have built your life around this. Right, right. Um, 
how, how have you, tell us a little bit about how you've, in your many years, and you have had many years, how you've used music in, in therapeutic settings. Oh, gosh, it really depends on on what the referral part is, you know, because I could be working with someone who we're dealing with um, physical rehabilitation. So in that sort of setting, um, that the phys- just the physical part would be, you know, mobilizing the body. So there might be instrument play tasks utilized because, you know, I mean, teaching someone to play the guitar well, or, or using the guitar or using a drum so that they can pr- propel their limbs or moving to music so they're propelling their body or, um, uh, you know, small, minute um, movements on an instrument, um, applied instrument tasks to facilitate motor work. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's um, the sensory part. And that's a lot of what we may get into with what we're doing here with um, Wellness Within, um, how you're experiencing the music physically, how you um, experience that sensory input and, and, and respond to it. And, and it's really critical because every single person's sensory um, reception is different. Um, some people, for instance, just when we're looking for relaxation, I can relax in the moment. I could be listening to speed metal, for instance, and I can relax it. But the next person, that would be an agitation. So um, carving out what types of music um, are going to propel you in, an, in a certain way and re- how you're going to respond to it. And, you know, whether you need something to lift you up emotionally, whether you need something to um, calm you down, um, a range of things. But the other thing, too, is like uh, with, and I'll say the horrid four-letter word, sing. People um, <laughs> <laughs> freak out. Yeah. No, that's and, very, and, let's hear it. Let's <laughs> chirp. But, you know, and, and it's not, I don't just go to singing with with folks in my sessions right away. So I don't want people to panic and think you're going to have to sing. But vocalization and using song in, in therapeutic settings to reclaim just vocal behavior, not even mm-hmm. words necessarily, to get sound out. So if there's been any kind of injury or a person has a developmental um, uh Um, impairment of any sort where voice and speech are impeded, you know, being able to create a voice, resonate your voice and breath support, being able to move air through our bodies, right? So using singing for that, that function or chirping, chanting, um, bebop, bedoo-ops, all sorts of stuff like that. And then there's the cognitive piece. It can be everything from regaining cognitive function because you've had a head injury or you're, you're experiencing a fog because of mm-hmm. chemotherapy. So a lot of times just listening to a song and discussing what it means, that's a cognitive function. Um, or listening to a piece of music and telling me as you're going through the experience what the imagery is. Or writing music with me. So in songwriting, being able to put together your thoughts, but it also, when you're writing songs, you're writing rhythm, you're writing melody, you're writing um, harmonies potentially, you're writing the feel. And that's pretty powerful as an individual. That's Mm -hmm. 
you know, we had a series recently with poems and uh, we called it Voice Matters. So you're going through cancer and cancer hijacks your life. Um, it can take, have a, as you had mentioned, music helps with the physical aspects. You know, it provides relaxation and allows you to uh, rehabilitate some cognitive. If you have, you know, for example, a chemo fog or you just have fatigue, exactly. you know, pain um, and just fear. that feel, fear mm-hmm. or just that feeling of, you know, your life being taken over a little bit by appointments all the time. But what you've also just hit on is you're able to. Um, if you want to compose or say, this is what this means to me, or you're singing, you're giving voice to something of your, your own. So, right. Right. And okay. So part of my workshop is titled compose yourself. So what I want to do is I want to just mention real quick about having a voice. Well, I have a quote that I really like. A friend is a person who knows your song in your heart and sings it back to you when you've forgotten the words. And so when you come to the music therapy session, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to help you find that voice. First and foremost, all you have to do is show up. You don't have to do anything beyond that. You don't have to sing. You don't even have to nod your head. You just have to be there and This is not a performance. This is not a product. There's no right or wrong. Do it this way. Any of that stuff. Any performance, any product, that's on my shoulders. That's my job. Okay? Your job is to just be present in the session. So, now I want to get in and talk about, in our practice here at The Music Works, we look at our client. It doesn't matter what the treatment issues, diagnostic issues are, you name it. We see the individual as a unique instrument. And my job is to help you play that instrument in the here and now and to play it well so that you are feeling a sense of ownership of yourself. And through the music experience, you're going to have a better um, sense of what that is. Even if you've had the diagnosis, it has transformed your life. It's a trauma. But we can reorient you to remember the things that you still are. Just because this other thing has happened to you doesn't mean the other part has vanished. What have you seen in people who have been through your workshops? Like maybe from right when they at first enter to maybe having gone through multiple sessions? Because I know it's not just one you know, one hour workshop, it's multiple sessions. Right. Um, right. And, and then how are they after several weeks? And what, what is their experiences? What do they go through? You know, typically, um, you know, the structure of a workshop, I usually, especially the very first one, I just ask people to sit back and I sing a song. And sometimes, you know, I ask them to do something very threatening, like tap their toe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, you know, bop their head. You don't have to do that, but, you know, I encourage it. But those kinds of things, just those simple things within first 30 seconds by watching, um, you can see physical bodies relax. You can see shoulders go. I mean, you just physically see the whole body just, um, you know, shoulders up, whatever people are tense, you know, and you can just see that. You see um, people smile. And you know that there's a chemical change 
you know, there's a biochemistry change in your body when you're smiling versus when you're flying. And then just even if somebody starts to, if, if I even haven't given the cue to like tap your finger or tap your foot, you know, I also notice people have a psychomotor response and they just on, on, just start to groove. So they, they have that physical settling in. And that across the board within that happens within 30 seconds. So you can come to the session and get that. All right. A calm, a sense of um, organization, you know, being centered in your body. There's that part of it. And then that sets you up to do um, much more detailed work. Um, I come into a session and I may have a, a skeleton, I have a plan, a sense, a skeleton. I call them springboards, and that's all they are because I adapt based on who's present. Mm-hmm. And there are times where what I think we might want to explore just goes out the window. We go mm-hmm. a whole nother direction. And and that's the other great thing. It's it's so moldable to the experience. The, and it has to be moldable. My job is that, to be moldable to to what the um, participant uh, presents. Um, Kenny Rogers in the first edition, long before he was ever Kenny Rogers, the country music star, he had a song called, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. And that's it. You know, I'm there to match um, what is happening in the moment. And and that'll be a huge part. But over time, this sense of empowerment and ownership of experience within the music session and directing what is happening occurs for the client. They feel safe and saying, I want this song. I need this. I need need to hear that. Um, Or this week, this happened to me, and I I thought about this in the music. So they become very assertive about what they need in their music experience. There's a lot of research out there about the effectiveness of music therapy. And I know that prior to this podcast, Celeste, when you and I were discussing it, um, one piece of research I had given you was, um, and I know you're well aware of this, (laughs) a lot more than I know, Um, but was from a a Hawaii medical journal in 2007, where there was um, a research done on pain management. It was, it said music therapy has been shown to address um, uh, as adjunctive form of pain management. So just right there, I mean, if you, and, and that's just one of many studies, I'm sure you know, many, many other studies and you have probably seen people have a change and and it's not just pain that's just one example um i think because we have so much music in our world we sometimes take it for granted a little bit but it is it's pretty powerful right right i like to look at music is the thing that helps you um Use your body, not your body use you. You know, obviously the calming of the respiration and increase in oxygen saturation. And what do you hear all the time in mindfulness practice? Breathe, 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 right? Well, you just turn the music on. You come to the session, you engage in just the listening aspect, the receptive aspect of our session, and those things will happen for you. Um, Regulation of heart rate, decrease in blood pressure or regulation of blood pressure, improve sleep, all sorts of other um, physiological regulation. All these go to reducing pain, the physical pain and the emotional. And most of the time, when you're addressing the emotional, spiritual, 
part of pain, the energetic aspects of pain, it will then cause you to have a shift in the perception of the physical pain. All right. Now, all those years when I worked on the unit at Sutter, um, our referrals would be for pain management. And what nursing would tell us routinely was that there was a decrease on buzzer time with patients and a decrease in their request for pain medication. Oftentimes, it was because there was some other matter that the patient needed to deal with, that social work, chaplaincy, those kinds of services could not address. And it was because sometimes it's unwordable. There isn't something that you can say in a dialogue with a person. It needs to be expressed through the sound of a raging guitar or the soothing tones of a harp, you know, depending on what it, what it is. Um, so Celeste, let's, let's, let's play this out a little bit. We're going we're gonna to role play just a little kind of okay. <laughs> or tease this out. Let's say I am somebody, I, I'm listening to this podcast. We've published it. It's edited where we, we put it out there and um, I'm somebody who's interested in taking a, uh, a session at one of your, your sessions. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm my own instrument. This is great, but I'm super shy. And I'm like, what if people don't like my instrument? Well, the first thing is I need people to remember. The heavy lifting, the performance, all that stuff goes to me. You do not have to do anything. You just have to be present. That is all you have to do. Okay. Maybe answer a question. You like this song, you don't like this song. And you can't do anything wrong. You can't answer the question wrong. So there's that part of it. And I really want to encourage people that it's a very receptive process not I'm not asking you to be expressive Mm -hmm. now I can over time offer challenge offer coaching Mm -hmm. say hey you know I'm really let's say we're working on a song and we just need a rhyme for a word okay everybody start throwing out words that rhyme with you all right people okay so Elizabeth give me a word that rhymes with you blank (laughs) (laughs) okay so that okay that's a perfect example that's a perfect she's example okay everybody she's stuck anybody else stuck what's important right there was you were blank right and I can say all right that's cool no problem you know I'm stuck too that's why I'm asking the question and so how do we work when we don't know when we haven't experienced those are important parts of therapy too you know what do you do when you don't know or you 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 can't figure out how to move ahead but i'm constantly reshaping and i don't want to say i downplay or dumb things down that's not what i'm doing no i'm working with where you're at in the moment so um everybody seems to be kind of like silent today so let's live with the silence let's be silent and like i said if all you do is show up and watch everybody else and make notes about i can't think that person plays very well or whatever it is you want to do i'm not going to know but now all of our sessions right now are on zoom right there are virtual So it's a little different than when I'm in person in terms of some of the things we can do. But one of the power plays that the participants have is that they can be on mute. 
right? So even if you're singing, if you want to try vocalizing and singing with me, you're muted. I'm not going to hear you. Nobody else is going to hear you. But nobody ever has to hear you. Nobody's going to know. I'm not going to even know if you did it right or wrong or what your perception. I mean, I might have thought you were great, but you might have thought it was, oh my God. But um, you have that control. So um, short of verbal feedback within the session, you know, um, questions I might ask about, you know, listening to a piece of music, um, what was the one word or something that stuck out to you in this song or phrase? Or did you hear something rhythmically or melodically that you really liked? How would you describe that? Those kinds of things, you know, other than that. The the participants in the session, I, I want to assure them it'll be a safe space for them to be. I, I tell my groups, what happens in this room stays in this room, you right? Um, that it's a safe spot for everyone to be and there isn't anything they can say or can't say that that won't be honored. You can feel so isolated, the cancer journey, right? It's just such an isolating experience and you can feel that even though, even with other people that are dealing with it, you can still feel isolated because it is your own unique experience and your history, um, what you know about yourself, all those things. But music is going to reflect your experience and not have judges. It's going to be accessible. There's no barrier. It's not going to say you're good, you're bad, um, what you're experiencing is wrong or right. It's going to be your friend and your champion. And it's the part of you that's never sick. It's never broken It doesn't need medication. It doesn't need surgery. It's always there. Well, Celeste, thank you so much. It's been so informative. I hope that our listeners um, agree and got many, many uh, nuggets of wisdom there and uh, understand what music therapy is. So again, my guest today is uh, Celeste Keats. She is um, a musician. She is an artist. Um, And as you know, a music therapist, she is the owner of Music Works Music Therapy Services. She has a tremendous amount of experience, which will be included in the bio. um, And I encourage everybody to um, read it. My name is uh, Elizabeth Klein and um, In addition to today's podcast, if you'd like to uh, receive more information about uh, Wellness Within and our resources, please visit wellnesswithin.org. You can access our virtual class calendar, our YouTube videos, and our podcast links. Um, Once again, this is Elizabeth Klein, and I am signing off. Thank you again, Celeste, and thank you listeners for joining us today. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we see No, I won't be afraid No, I won't shed a tear Just as long as you stand
stand, come and stand, stand by.